Hey there, this is your girl Shawanda, and you're listening to Refreshing the Soul Podcast, a show where we bring our experiences and God's truth to refresh the heavy and hard places in your soul. From anxiety to unforgiveness, we'll learn how to come to an honest place in our souls and uproot those hidden lies so that you can discover the unique expression God created you to be in this world. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Refreshing the Soul podcast. This is the very first episode, you guys. Like, I'm so excited. This is numero uno. Like, we have to mark this day. I just, I have a passion for talking. Like, I just love talking. I do. And it's so funny. The Holy Spirit, like, he always knew. He he knows me and he knows you so well. And I never would have thought of having a podcast and talking. (laughs) Not in this way, but I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to share some of my experiences, my story, and just how God has like literally, he has blew up my life, his word and his spirit. Like I just can't wait to to share with you guys and then other stories, you know, other people's stories, their experiences and how God has just made us come alive. And for some of you who who may not know, I do have a 30-day devotional book that I recently published called Rest for the Soul. It's available on Amazon right now to purchase. So when you get off here, go online, go to Amazon and purchase the book. It's really what this podcast is based on refreshing the soul rest for the soul and they're actually both words they're interchangeable in Matthew 11:28 which is the kind of like the foundation scripture of the entire podcast and one of the scriptures I use in the devotional Matthew 11:28 and it's actually 28 through 30 and I'll read it right now it says come to me all you who labor and are heavy burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you know, I've read that scripture many a times and rest for your soul is not rest for the body, it's for the soul. So that just tells me that our souls can be busy. It can be tired. It can be weary. And in this scripture, he says, all you who labor and are heavy laden. So he's like, he's talking about the soul. He's saying, man, your soul has been busy. Your soul is chaotic. Your soul is tired. And because of it is heavy. And he said, come to me and I will give you rest for that heaviness. And so that devotional, it speaks of different heaviness, you know, that we can have in the soul, whether it's anxiety, whether it's, you know, wounds, which we'll be talking about today and this month, but different things. And I'm here to tell you, I want to take you through how God has dealt with me in those several areas and how he has given me rest. And that rest in that scripture that he's saying he'll give you for your soul, it also means to refresh. So he's saying, listen, I'll give you a refreshing. I'm just thinking right now about Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman. And he's like, listen, I'm the water. 
You will not be thirsty after you drink from me. God is our refreshing water. So that's what I want you to experience here and a refreshing. I want you to feel safe here. I pray that the words and the stories that you hear, and even as we travel through scripture, that your soul is refreshed. So right now, let's get into today's topic is just refreshing the wounded soul, the place of being hurt. And if that's you, let's just take a moment. Let's take a moment to breathe. I want you to just inhale and exhale, like just breathe. And let's do it one more time. Let's just breathe. I feel like sometimes we forget to breathe. Like we know to breathe, you know, in order to live, but to breathe for yourself. Like just breathe for you intentionally. You know, I don't know if you've ever been, if something's ever surprised you, shocked you, hurt you. And one of the things that we normally do is we hold our breath. We just, we suck it and we hold it and we forget, no, you got to breathe. Like when anxiety begins to hit our soul, we kind of, our breath shortens, right? Because you're, you're like kind of in shock or traumatized by the moment, or you're trying to deal with the, whatever's going on in the soul. And we just, we stop breathing. And I just want to tell you, if you have not breathed intentionally for yourself, just take a moment to do that now. I want you to breathe. Breathing, it also shows that you are still here, that you are here. You click and you clicked on this podcast. So that tells me that even though you've been hurt or wounded, you're not stuck. You're looking, you're searching for healing. You're you're searching from source, some sort of comfort, right? So I just want to tell you, I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you have not allowed a wound to stop you, that you're still in search or a hunt or just wanting to hear from God. Because, you know, I know wounds, they can close us. But the fact that you're here and you're listening tells me there's still some sort of part of you that's open. You're open to healing. You're open to hearing. You're open to learning. You're open to receiving. And when we have been wounded, as much as we want to protect the wound, we have to be open to receive the healing, the ointment from God. It's so funny. One of my kids, one of my sons, he had got a splinter in his finger. And I'll tell you, <laughs> that boy, he's one of the ones who, if someone's hurt, it's, it's him. It's him. And I'm not trying to put that on him, but I'm telling you, he gets hurt in ways that I just don't understand. Like, how did this, how did this happen? Okay. How did we get hurt today? But he had got a splinter in his finger, right? And I remember me, me and his father, we were trying to get it out and we could not get the splinter out. We couldn't get all of it out. And so his father's like, listen, it's going to come out on its own. It's going to push itself. It's going to come out. So let's just leave it alone. And so I think over the next few days, it did come out. But it was still sore and tender from just it being splintered. And one day I'm in the living room and my son, he comes over. 
He runs into the living room, jumping, screaming, and crying. And he's holding his finger out. It hurts, it hurts, it hurts. And I'm like, what is going on? Let me see, what is it? And so I was like, let's go in the light. We go in the kitchen. I pull, I pull his finger out. I see that he's like, I guess something bruised up against his finger. And it caused it to hurt, to flare up again. And I was like, okay, let me get some Neosporin. Grab the Neosporin, put the Neosporin on my finger. When I go to touch it, he's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, dude, I got to put the Neosporin on here because it's going to make it feel better. But he didn't want me to touch the place that was wounded, that was hurt. And I'm like, okay, I get that it's hurt. And yes, maybe for me to touch it, it may feel uncomfortable at first, but then it's going to feel better. He did not care. He did not want me to touch that thing, get near, get near that place at all. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm not going to fight with you. If you want me to put this ointment on here, you're going to stand still and let me do it. But because you don't want to stand still right here for me to do it, you go ahead and go back to your room and go to bed. My son went back to the room, went to bed crying. He chose not to be touched. He chose not to be healed. He chose to go a different route. So I just think about that. Holy Spirit had told me, he's like, Shawanda, this is what my people look like. This is what they look like. They're wounded. They're hurt. But when I try to touch it, they won't let me touch it. They won't go through the part that is uncomfortable to get to the healing. And so even though we come to him, the word says, come to me. And I really want to hone in on that today, coming to him. But when you come to him, there is a touching that God has to do. Jesus in the scripture, he says, take my yoke and learn from me. There's some touching going on where God is putting something on you and taking something off and you're learning from him. And so many times with wounds, we want to protect it. And I get it. I get it. You just don't want to be hurt again. You don't want to be wounded like you were before. So we'll do everything we can to guard and protect that place. And as I shared, though, in my my son's story, God wants the pain to go away, too. He doesn't want you to hurt. And I'm here to tell you that I've been there. I have been hurt. And guess what? I'm probably going to be hurt again. Honestly, I was just hurt a few weeks ago, but I have learned to come to him with it and to allow him to touch me every time. Sometimes there are things that we need to hear that we don't want to hear, which can be uncomfortable, but it gets us to the healing. Sometimes there are things we have to unlearn and change our mindset on that can be uncomfortable too, but it gets us to the healing. And so one of the things about the soul that God had kind of, I guess, taught me is just the trauma that we experience in the soul. And a lot of times we experience this trauma from wounds and trauma. It just, it changes the mindset. Trauma alters the mindset and you know, and it doesn't matter what type of wound it is or what you've been through. It just, it can be a deep wound. It could be for me, I was married for 10 years and I got married at the age of 19. Yes, 19 years old, you guys. I don't know what I'd do (laughs) if my daughter got married at 19. She's 14 right now. So, wow. We didn't know anything about love, anything about relationship 
far from anything about marriage, but we didn't even know ourselves. Like we had no identity in God whatsoever. So being married at 19, wow, we we just went in with no tools. We went in broken and we further broke each other. I experienced infidelity in my marriage. My my husband was unfaithful and that was traumatic. It was a wound to my soul. It was traumatic for me and it changed my mindset, not just of him, not just of men, but of myself. Like I already had a broken mirror looking at myself going into the marriage and the wound of infidelity just further deepened that wound and further distorted how I saw myself, right? And so wounds, I mean, they cause trauma to the soul and trauma shifts the mindset of the soul. And that's what I, I want you to understand that what the soul is, it's, it's kind of like just picture a house that has these two large rooms in it. One room is your mind and the other room is your heart. You know, one room is filled with your passions, your desires. And the other room is filled with the way you perceive the way you think about life, the way you judge and choose life, the way we respond out of it, the way we respond to life, right? And so when that is altered, when that is shifted, we can respond, we we can first perceive things not the way God perceives them. We can think thoughts that, that are not pure. We can choose and judge a situation completely off from what God sees, or even realistically, because of a wound, because of a wounded soul, because of a wounded place, because of something you've experienced, even as far back as a child. And I want us today, I want to travel through this scripture with Esau and Jacob. This is a scripture that God honestly recently has taken me through to show some things about myself. If you're not familiar with Esau and Jacob's story, it's about two brothers. Actually, they were twins. Can you imagine that bond is twins and there was wounds between them, right? Esau was the oldest brother, Jacob the youngest. So Esau came out first, but as Esau was coming out, was being born, Jacob grabbed Esau's heel, right? So Jacob was more the deceptive one. And Esau grew up to be a hunter, more of someone who was out in the field. And Jacob was more of the home home kid. Like he would stay at home. He would cook. He would help his mother out. He was close to his mother. Esau was close to his father, right? So and I, I have no clue what age, what age they were. But as they grew up, there was a blessing from their father that was supposed to be given to Esau. So he's supposed to bless his house, speak over him. And Jacob kind of stole that blessing. He deceived Isaac by pretending to be Esau, right? Because Isaac was like almost blind. He was dying. And Jacob came in smelling like Esau, just doing all the, just imitating Esau to get the blessing. And I want us to pick up right here in the story where 
Esau finds out where he's wounded. So many times when we read this, we when we read their story, we'll put ourselves in a place of Jacob. But here, God kind of put me in a place of Esau. And I want us to, I don't know if we're going to be journeying through the next few weeks through this story, but there's some things that I, I want you to see that God highlighted in me. So Genesis chapter 27, I'm going to start at verse 30. Okay. And we're going to just dissect some of these verses and just see how it relates to us. So verse 30, it says, now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, right? He was supposed to bless Esau and Isaac thought that he was blessing Esau, right? So as soon as he had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Verse 31, he also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. So here Esau has done the work. Isaac said, hey, I want to bless you. Go out to the field, hunt, come back, cook what you hunted and give it to me and I will bless you. So instead, Jacob, he just cooked something that his mom told him to cook and pretended to be Esau and gave it to his father and Isaac blessed Jacob, right? So Esau, after working and hunting and doing what he was supposed to do, he comes in to his father's room and says, here you go, dad, here's your food. Now it's time for you to bless me. And even in this verse right here, those first two verses, you know, I was thinking, I was like, gosh, Esau was doing what he was supposed to be doing. Like he was doing the right thing. And so many times when we are wounded and even as far back as a child, whether it's being bullied or whatever, we can be we can be doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're not doing anything wrong. And when we are wounded or hurt, the first thing we can feel is like, gosh, what did I do wrong? Or we can feel like, man, I didn't deserve this. Like I'm. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing right. I'm being nice. I'm being kind. Like I didn't do, what did I do to deserve this? And through my marriage, as I was experiencing infidelity, like my husband was cheating on me. I, so often I thought, I'm like, gosh, man, I thought I'm doing everything right. What is it about me that's not enough? What is it that I'm not doing right? And that's how, even with our wound, how our, mindset can begin to shift to where now we can start looking at what is not good enough, what is not adequate in me. And so we have to be careful when we are wounded that we don't attach the pain to our identity. Hurt people, they do hurt others. And we can allow the hurt from other people to identify who we are, if we're doing something right, if we're doing something good enough or not. And here I just noticed that like God, Esau was like doing, he was doing what he was told. Even in your obedience, you can be wounded. So verse 32, and his father said to him, who are you? So he said, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, who 
Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and I have blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me also, my father. Wow. That like, I just, I felt Esau's pain in that. I mean, it didn't say he just cried, but he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. I just want to ask you right now, have you cried? Have you gotten the cry out? And again, I'm just going through my story, you know, being married and on the the onset of knowing the first time finding out my husband cheated on me, I cried. And it was over 10 years that I remained and that he continued to have affairs. I stopped crying, you guys. I stopped crying. Somehow I became numb. I stopped allowing myself to feel. I stopped feeling. And maybe you say, oh, I'm not a crier. You know, I just, I don't do that. And I just, I don't know. I believe God gave us tears. I believe God gave us the sense to cry, whether it's over something that is joyous or whether it's something that is sad. And after my divorce, I I just remember just saying, God, I want to cry again. I want to feel again. If I'm hurt, if I'm happy, like I want, I want to be able to cry. And the crying is not about tears, whether it's, it's because it's something sad or not, but I look at crying as an expression. It is expression of what's going on on the inside of you. And me not crying, I feel like it's like I stopped expressing not just the pain, but Shawanda. So when I say, are you crying? Are you expressing? Like, are you allowing yourself to feel and are you expressing who you are? I think when we suppress the hurt because we don't want to hurt, we're suppressing something else, the authenticity of ourselves, the authenticity of where we're at. And this may sound like, okay, you, you're you going to hear telling me I want, I should be crying. I'm telling you, you should allow yourself to feel when we suppress what's going on on the inside of us. We're closing the same place that we are to express our true self out of. We're closing the place that needs to be open for God's healing. And maybe you need to cry. I believe there's some people who don't even know how to cry. You weren't taught to cry. This podcast is not just for women, it's for men too. And so many times as men, you know, as boys, you grow up and you say, toughen up, don't cry, stop all that crying. You ain't supposed, and you don't know how to cry. You know, it's so funny. I was just listening to this interview on Netflix with David Letterman and Jay-Z was on there. He was talking about the song that he written called, I think it's called Song Cry. And he was saying that he don't see in the song, the lyrics say, you know, I don't see it coming down my eyes. So I had to make the song cry. And in the interview, he was saying he is like he didn't know how to cry. Like he wasn't taught that. So he's like, so since I don't know how to cry and I 
can't express myself in that way. I had to make the song cry. And so I just want you to think about that. Like, it's not about crying and looking at it as some weak, wimpy person, but it's knowing that it's okay to feel what you feel. It's allowing yourself to be hurt. It's okay that you're hurt. It's okay that you're wounded. It's okay that you feel pain right now. And it is okay to cry. I am giving you permission to do so. And yes, I just took a minute and two minutes to talk about crying because I feel like we talk so much about you need to move on. You need to do this. But if you have not dealt with this and allowed yourself to feel what the wound did, you are not going to move on in a way that is healthy because you are, you will continue to suppress who God created you to be. And that's what, you know, my intro to this, to the podcast, if you heard, that's what this is about. This is about dealing with those things in your soul that is preventing you from being the unique expression God created you to be. So I just wanted to deal with the crying part because that blessed me. I'm like, Lord, it is a, it, it's okay for us to cry. Whether it's tears of pain, tears of joy, God, I want to express who I am and where I'm at. So verse 35, let's keep it going. But he said, your brother came, this is Isaac saying to his son Esau, your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. Supplanted, that just means to take by force. Like he took something from him. He's saying twice. And here he says, he took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? I'll tell you that verse right there. The very first thing, you know, Esau says, he said, is he not rightly named Jacob? Because that's what Jacob meant, you know, to deceive. And it's so funny when we are wounded, Sometimes all you can see is the hurt, what happened to you and the person who did it. It's hard to see past I'm hurt and you hurt me. And then that's all we see people for versus, you know, again, you know, and I know you've heard this, but hurt people do hurt people. And to see through the eyes of God that guess what? I know your soul is wounded from a person whose soul is also wounded too. And yes, it feels unfair. Yes, it's not right. And yes, you, you probably didn't deserve for that to happen to you. But don't snapshot people for what they just do to you. Wounds, I feel like we can take the sting out of some wounds when we don't harbor so much against people, when we look at people from the eyes of God and when I look at my husband during that time, when we were married, I'm like, gosh, man, he was wounded. He was broken. He didn't know how to love. He wasn't doing those things to just because he wanted to hurt me. There was something going on in his soul that he felt like that is what he needed to make him feel better. And in turn, it hurt me. And so it's when we are wounded, you you kind of have to, have to start changing your perspective of how you, you even see that person. Because when we harbor 
what a person did to us and we choose to see them in that light, guess what? That's when our mind begins to shift and we see every, we can see anyone who does anything wrong to us in that light. I could see men, period, in that light and have trust issues with men, period, and not be able to open up or trust or be vulnerable to anyone. And so Esau also says, he said, for he has supplanted me these two times. And that stuck out to me. I'm like, God, you know, you know, it was only twice, but I mean, still it was twice. And he was holding on to the very first time. Like he was keeping record. You know, when we're wounded, we begin to recount all the times he did it this time. Now this time. And I'm telling you, that's what I did in my marriage. I was like, you just did this. You did. I kept count. I never let go of the past wound. And I'm telling you, I know that it can be hard, even in the hurting place you're in right now, to even see yourself letting go, but have the perspective now that even though this hurts right now, I don't have to remain in the hurt. I'm not going to always see it like this. I don't have to carry this with me forever. I'm going to allow this to be here for this hurt. This happened to me in this moment in time. It's only, I say, a snapshot. My pastors, Pastor Tony, Pastor Angela, they're doing a series right now on snapshots and how we can't look at our whole entire lives off the snapshots of things that happen in our life. So just because you are wounded or hurt in this one place, Don't allow that to become the whole picture of your life, the whole picture of who you are. So not keeping record, you know, that and that's what love actually is. Love doesn't keep record. It doesn't say, oh, you did it this time. You did it this time. You did it this time. When you see yourself keeping record, it's time to do some some soul checking. It's time to do that Matthew 11, 28, come to Jesus. Like, I need to come to you. I need rest in this place where I'm holding on to something here. I need your help to help me let this go. Right? And so he goes on to say, he took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And Isaac answers him and says in verse 37, Indeed, I have made him your master and all his brethren I have given to him as servants. With grain and wine, I have sustained him. What shall I do for you now, my son? And Esau says to his father, have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, me also, oh, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Verse 38, then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and the dew of the heaven from above. By your sword, you shall live and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. You know what I love about this? That even though Esau was wounded, he still received a blessing. Isn't that something? Like even if you've been hurt and even if you're hurting right now, can I tell you your father, he will still bless you. And even though the blessing wasn't the birthright and the same thing that Jacob had gotten, God can still give you something good. God can still restore. God can still redeem. And even though, yes, I'm divorced now, it's been six years, I don't have the blessing of a marriage, but I have three blessings. I actually call them my three blessings. My three kids, 
God has blessed me so much with favor on my job. He's blessed me with a home. He's blessed me with good health. I mean, God has protected me. There's so much, there's so many other things that God has given me and has blessed me with that I have to choose to see it. You have to choose and choose to receive it. If we just pinpoint that one circumstance or that two situations, those two hurts, those three or four or five, I'm telling you, you're going to just see your life out of that. But if we begin to look at, okay, God, man, you bless me here. Gosh, you're blessing me here. Gosh, you're taking care of me. I don't even have to wear this bill. Someone else paid for it. Wow, God, you are blessed. I don't, I mean, food in my refrigerator. I have a car that works. Like, what do you choose to see? What do you choose to blow up and magnify in your life? The wounds, the hurt, the thing that was stolen, the thing that was taken away from you, or all the things that you have now? What do you have? Sometimes when we're wounded, we feel like someone stole something from us. And yes, yes, that probably is the case. But I also believe that there is so much more that you have that if you choose to look at that and meditate on that and trust that God will redeem and restore in his time, you can live a life free, free from the hurt, free from the pain. Is it easy all the time? No, absolutely not. I believe it it becomes easier the more we make it intentional to come into Jesus. You know, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, that very last verse, Jesus says, he said, but my yoke is easy and it's light. So if it's feeling too hard, if it's, if it feels heavy, there's something that I don't have Jesus somewhere in this. I need to come to him to figure out what I need to learn from him. And that's what Isaac says to his son at the very end of this verse is, and it shall come to pass when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. Isn't that interesting? He said, you're going to break Jacob's yoke from your neck. See, when we're wounded, we want, sometimes we want to give people, other people or the people who wounded us, the responsibility to make things right. It's not their responsibility. How can they when they're wounded? He says, you are going to break it. When you become restless, when you get tired, right? When you're heavy, when you're restless, when you don't have rest, you're going to break it from your neck, break his yoke. And I think with our souls, while we're heavy, it's because we're carrying around yokes of others. See, for me, I identified myself through the yoke, my husband, that I allowed him to put on me because oh, he's, he's messing with these different females. So that must mean I'm not, that must mean I don't have. And it's like, no, that I can't allow that to be my identity because you're wounded in that area. Our identity has to be placed in, in God. I had to learn how to break his yoke off my neck and find value in my father and find my identity in my father. And that's why I want to encourage you today, whatever yoke that you may 
have allowed to be put on you from others, you have the power and the authority to break it. And it has to start with one coming to Jesus, allowing yourself to feel what you feel. Because the interesting thing about Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, come to me, all you who are heavy burdened, right? You have to know that you're heavy to come to him. You have to know that you're hurting. You have to be honest with this place in you that wants to cover, that wants to protect. You have to say, hey, God, I'm here. I'm coming to you with this pain. I'm coming to you with this wound. I'm coming to you with a place of where I feel like I didn't deserve this, that this is not fair. This shouldn't have happened to me. If that's you and you're right there, you're in a place where I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't do anything wrong. God, was it me? Come to him with it. And he says, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest for your soul. So that's my encouragement for today. And at the end of every podcast, I want to end with like a confession for the soul, something for us to speak over our own selves, you know, because we can read this word. You can listen to people encourage you, but we have to exercise our faith. We have to put some sort of action behind what this word says. And the action really is speaking and believing it. When those restless places come up in your soul, you got to speak this word and you got to believe it. So when we do these confessions, I want you to repeat it after me, but I want you to believe it. I want you to hold on to this word and believe this word when we speak it for yourself. I can't believe it for you. You have to believe it for yourself. Okay. So the confession that we're going to do is actually going to come from the Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Okay. Here we go. Repeat after me. Father, I choose to come to you when I am heavy, when I am hurting, and when I am good. I receive your rest today. I choose to take off the yoke of others and to take your yoke instead. I set aside my way of thinking and I will learn from you. For you are gentle with my heart. I will find rest in you. For with you, My life is easy and I am light. That's the way God wants us to live. That's the way he intended you to live. I know before the wounds, you probably felt like you were. And maybe being hurt has weighed you down, has caused you to feel heavy because you're still dragging what happened to you was unfair. But I just, I just believe that if you believe this word, that if you come to him, that if you allow yourself to feel what you feel, maybe even allow yourself to cry, (laughs) to get it out, to express it, I believe you will begin the journey to find your rest. Be open, hear what he has to say, take on his yoke and do what he says. Learn from Jesus, not from the mistakes and the wounds of others. I pray this episode was a blessing. 
We're going to continue in this refreshing the wounded soul. I believe God has more for you, more on how we uproot and find the places that is just tugging us and keeping us in a place where we may feel stuck. But I can't wait to see what God does in you. I can't wait to hear the testimonies. I know that you will find rest. I know that you will find a refreshing in Jesus. All right, everyone, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get refreshing to those souls who need it. Also, don't forget to head over to Amazon where you can purchase that 30-day devotional Rest for the Soul by yours truly. Um, You want to get it in your hand. And just remember, soul care is self-care. Until next time, bye-bye.